Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast. We're a group of students preparing for the calling God has on our lives. If you sense there's important work that God wants you to do, you're in the right place. This is season three, All Things Relationships. Welcome back to Thrive College Podcast, Season 3, All Things Relationships. And we are joined once more by Kevin Thompson. He was on Episode 1. He defined a healthy relationship for us. And as promised, we're going to dive into the second half of that question, which is, what does a toxic or unhealthy relationship look like? And we're zoning in really on romantic relationships for these first two episodes. So today in the studio, we have Zion. Hi, guys. Tell Hi. us where you're interning. I'm interning at Granite Bay High School. Um, well, Granite Bay initially, but through with high school ministry for this semester and this year. Love it. And where are you from? I'm from Yuba City, so I'm an hour away. That's two episodes in a row. I know. We got, we got a strong Yuba, Yuba crowd this year in Thrive College. So if you're out there you and you're Yuba, we love you. Yes. Come join us. Please. And then also tell us your middle school celebrity crush. Okay. Well, I just gave the embarrassing piece already that <laughs> I didn't have a celebrity crush. I had a book crush. So Percy Jackson, not even in the movie, but in the books was everything I wanted and everything I felt I needed. There you go. <laughs> everything you wanted yes. and everything you yes. felt you needed. Okay. I was so in love. <laughs> I, um, I have never heard someone answer this question through a book. Yeah. So I absolutely, as a fellow book lover myself. I hope you remember this. I really do. I, Forever, I will treasure it in my heart. I'm happy, honestly. So good. Well, we're going to turn the mic over to you okay. and get us going. Oh, actually, yes. first, let's have Kevin recap in case anyone has not listened to the first episode. Give us some signs, some red flags of a healthy or toxic relationship. Yeah, that's okay, good. so yeah, so unhealthy relationship, any form of abuse, physical, verbal, sexual, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, draw a very hard, fast line that you're not going to go there. And then a, a concept of unhealthy relationships kill us, kill parts of us. Mm-hmm. So any, any relationship that isn't making you become more alive, more of yourself, more bigger, basically, mm-hmm. if a relationship makes you become smaller. So you think about uh, relationships that are controlling, that are yeah. you know want to limit your friend group, want to limit you with your family. Uh, those would be massive uh, red flags. And, and then I think, especially in a romantic relationship, any any relationship that becomes primarily one-sided. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing all the work, they're doing nothing. I'm doing all the change, they're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm making the money, I have the dreams, I've got the job. Yeah, uh, they're, they're not motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be a, a, a scary thing, in my opinion. Yeah, That's good. I can completely understand that. When talking about red flags and what to look for, how would you lay the foundation of like, this is what a toxic relationship is? Is that like just to tie it into what you're saying? Like all those signs, would you say that's it? I think any any of those things involved in a relationship is is a massive red flag. And, and red flag to me is going to mean one of two things. Either if you're not married, probably cut the relationship off hmm. or at minimum get clinical help to make sure that that you're not going down a road you shouldn't be mm-hmm. going down. So if, if, if you're married, I would say go to counseling. If you're dating, I would say either end the relationship or at minimum get with uh, a coach or a counselor who can assist you in, in what's going on. But again, think about the idea of toxic. What does toxic mean? It means dangerous. Hmm. There is no aspect of my relationship with Jenny that's dangerous. Hmm. 
just none. Yeah. It is defined by safety and security and rest and love. That's and really good. The expansion of the personhood. I causes me to love Jesus more, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not difficult at times. Mm-hmm. Clearly it is. But but even that, Zion, to some extent can be a little bit of a warning. All relationships are hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of growing weary of constantly hearing, you know, marriage is the hardest thing I do. Mm. You know, loving Jenny might be the easiest thing I do. Mm, that's really this isn't hard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a gift. Yeah. This is a benefit. And no doubt there's challenges and all those kinds of things. But even that, if if the relationship is just consistently wearisome and tiresome and frustrating and all those things begin to ask the question, what, why is that? Yeah. Now, again, it's not this idea of you complete me and so this is the easiest thing ever at all times. I'm not saying that. But in the end, if we are not better together, yeah, we shouldn't be together. Hmm. Wow. If we are not better together, we shouldn't be together. There you go. That's so simple. I like that a lot. I feel like I do want to add a disclaimer for anyone listening, because this might be a moment where you're just tempted to exit the conversation because you're just, ah, this does not apply to my relationship. Well, keep listening for a couple of reasons. One is there are toxic, dangerous relationships all around us. And one of the things that we can do as great friends and family members is be aware of what a toxic relationship looks like Mm -hmm. and how to help someone who's in that situation. But also, Kevin, before we started recording, you were telling me just how few people really realize that they're in a toxic relationship. So talk to us about that dynamic. Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of the, the thing that surprised me the most now being here at, at Bayside yeah. in my in my job as married life pastor is I'll regularly have people that will come up to me and say, hey, Kevin, I, I thought I had a good marriage. Or I thought I had a good relationship. But then I listened to you define what that looks like, and mm. we don't have that. Mm. And as you, as you get to talk to them, you recognize that they have made normal hmm. that which is actually abnormal. Hmm. And so I think to recognize uh, your family of origin, to get to work, to do, to do what your family of origin, how, how did you experience love? How did you do all of those things? And what part of that do we want to mimic? And what part of that was unhealthy? Hmm. Because here's what happens even in our brains, what we experience over and over again uh, the, the neurons begin to fire together. And the old statement is what, what fires together, wires together. Mm. And that becomes the norm. Early on in ministry, I didn't understand this. I'd be working with somebody in an abusive relationship, and they would just keep on going back to it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand it. And finally, I had a mentor tell me, uh, Kevin, it, it feels safer for them to go to the chaos they know mm-hmm. than, than the possible ease and comfort that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so to recognize that in yourself, to recognize what are the patterns that now we need to break and to change, and if nothing else, to get a basic understanding of what does a healthy relationship even look like within marriage. I talk about all the time, three very simple things that a healthy marriage should should consist of is trust, respect, and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that we trust one another. We know we're going to treat each other's hearts right. Mm-hmm. That there is a respect in the personhood of the other person. They 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 have a brain and capabilities of what's going on and trust plus respect then empowers the opportunity for vulnerability. I begin to let the guard down. She begins to let the guard down to reveal about a bit of who she yeah. is to show weakness. Yeah. Without those three characteristics, 
Uh, by the way, that's that's where friends, partners, and lovers comes from, right? Yeah. Friendship is built on trust, partnership on respect, intimacy is built on vulnerability. Without those three elements, you're always mm-hmm. going to be having part of yourself on the table, not your whole self. Mm-hmm. And an aspect of a toxic relationship or, or, or even broader perspective, an unhealthy relationship is one that I'm not fully invested in or the other person isn't fully mm-hmm. invested in. And so unless we are both fully on board, then that relationship probably isn't as healthy as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's a really good answer. All right, officially turning it over to you. I feel like that's the best intro ever that we could give to toxic and unhealthy relationships. We could end it right there and I'd be so content. <laughs> I feel like that was honestly in so many words, I think what everybody needs to hear about. We don't know what's absent until we see what can fill that and what is present and in relationships, especially with toxic relationships. It's like a lot of people don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, so they don't know how to identify it. Um, especially in the culture of today and the culture of there being like gaslighting or manipulation and these names that you're like, how do I recognize like, what is this? Like, what is this in my relationship? And not like isolating, like, oh, I'm the only one experiencing this. Like, is there anybody else? Um, and I just, I guess that would lead me to ask you like the next question of what is like, I guess just for all of us, like what is gaslighting? What is manipulation? What does that look like in relationship? Um, not just in an, an isolated way, but like in a general way of like, how can I identify this and take it and apply it to my own relationships? You know, so I think gaslighting and manipulation, I think they're all related to the concept of it, it's an incomplete interaction with the truth, hmm. right? And, and so they're, they're trying to shade something one way, trying to make you believe something that wasn't true to, to reshape, reform what actually happened. And so the question then becomes, how do we protect ourselves from that kind of thing? Because I, I do think we are all arrogant enough to believe that we wouldn't fall for it. Yeah, yeah. While yeah. being ignorant enough that all of us would fall for it <laughs> in the wrong context, <laughs> that's right? That's true. And, and that's a dangerous combination. Living at the intersection of arrogance and ignorance is a dangerous combination, <laughs> yeah. right? So so I think one thing that, that God has given us to protect us from that now is healthy community. Hmm. We are not supposed to live in isolation. Yeah. And so when, when we live in healthy community and then go out and pursue a romantic relationship, then hopefully we have these people who are around us who are seeing this other person and seeing us from an objective kind of perspective, who are outside the relationship yet close enough to see what's going on. And then hopefully we have enough trust and have close enough relationships Hmm. that that other people can come in and remind us of the truth. It's something I tell myself all the time. Tell yourself the truth, Kevin, Hmm. because I have an enemy who's trying to deceive me. Mm -hmm. I will deceive myself. Yeah. I will second guess all sorts of things, right? And and to come back to that idea of I need to tell myself the truth, but then I need people around me. And so I'm fortunate enough to have a good relationship with my parents. Yeah. If, if they had a major hesitation about Jenny when we were dating, uh, it would have caused me to pause. Uh, had great friends. If they had a major hesitation about Jenny, that would cause me to pause. Had some very key mentors in, in my life, former Sunday school teachers, and just just adults that I'd kind of collected along the way who I knew cared about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so to intentionally introduce Jenny to them, allow them to be around. If any of them had said, hang on, yeah, watch out for this, or this mm-hmm. isn't true. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that one person gets to veto your romantic relationship. Right. It doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does mean if you don't have the support of the community, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. Yeah, There's a reason. Now, granted, you know, 
nobody's going to be good enough for mama's baby. And, you know, I mean, all those kind of things. I, I, I totally understand Never that. Never heard that one before. Uh, but, but in the end, uh, in the end, everybody around me was going, man, you better not screw this up. Like, you better, <laughs> yeah. you better, right? That's a great and, and sign, so then. That, that, yeah. That's what you want. And, and the, the person most likely to fall for gaslighting and manipulation is the person that is isolated. Now, notice this. Hmm. The narcissist is very skilled at isolating you hmm. so that then they can gaslight you. And, and what so, is gaslighting? Just for anyone who's not familiar with that phrase, mm-hmm. what does it sound like, feel like to be gaslighted? Yeah, so so it would be a, uh, somebody causing you to doubt what actually took place, what they said, what their intentions were, always turning mm-hmm. everything back to yeah. you got it wrong, you're not yeah. right. I don't see it that way. I, I think you're overreacting. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, no, that idea of, of I become the victim and you become the perpetrator, mm-hmm. even though you're the one that hurt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That, I mean, that's so, so in, in an abusive situation, yeah. it is, well, had you not made me so mad, right. I wouldn't have done that. Mm. Or very clearly, they know exactly what happened and they will come out and say, that never happened. Right. And, and to make you think it's a figment of your own imagination, mm. you begin to doubt yourself. And here's, here's the fascinating thing is like a narcissist, will never second guess themselves. Hmm. Whereas a humble person does. Mm-hmm. A humble a good humble person actually goes, "Well, did I get that wrong? Right. Was I wrong?" Yeah. And, and so those are those are positive qualities that outside of the proper context then can be manipulated and and used. And so a, a major red flag that we've talked about before is if your romantic relationship is isolating you more and more. Mm-hmm. that's a dangerous thing because there's a reason that person wants to isolate you yeah. and it's not going to be a positive thing. If you found yourself listening to the podcast and thinking, these are my people, how do I get more people like this in my life? Well, apply to Thrive College. Go to mythrivecollege.com slash apply. We are for 18 to 25 year olds who want to prepare for the calling that God has on their life. And if you've loved listening in and getting to know our staff and students, then apply today. We would love to start the journey of helping prepare you for your calling. And there's a physical isolation and but then I've also seen this crazy just no one no one is saying the truth mm. and uh, I've seen this happen so many times where people are shocked to, to find out what was actually going on in a relationship because someone stopped saying the full truth so I just encourage you in line with what Kevin is saying don't allow yourself to be isolated not just physically but there needs to be someone not everyone gets all the pieces, but someone has to have all the pieces. Mm. They need to know everything, every doubt you have, every red flag you've seen, all of those conversations yes. that keep you up late at night. Someone needs to have the full story because often what we do is we spread that story around. We tell yes. one friend one bad thing and then we tell our mom this kind of this concern that we had, but we spread the truth around instead of trusting it with a couple of people because mm-hmm. then when someone has all the whole story, then the whole story really becomes clear. Yeah, and th- this is a whole other episode, but I think I think it's important to say this here is honor and honesty always have to be wedded together. Mm. Because if if a lot of times when somebody says, well, you shouldn't say that that's dishonoring, mm-hmm. well, is it true? Right. Mm. Okay, then, then actually what's dishonoring is what happened, what you did, that's yeah. right. not me saying it. That's right. And yet, so we, we you'll see it in church life, the idea of, 
you know, all the scandals that are going on in, in the mm-hmm. mega church world and other church world, and people will say, oh, well, that's dishonoring to say that. No, no, no. It's being honest. You cannot honor somebody and Without be dishonest at the yeah. same time. And, and, and so if, it doesn't mean we have to spread everything that our significant other does wrong to everybody. But the idea that I can't share it with anybody, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would be a, a red flag as well. For somebody okay. recognizing that they are in the they're in the position in the relationship, like I'm here and I don't know how to move forward. How do I end this? How do I do this in a way where it's like I'm ending it to help you and not hurt you, but how do I do this well? What would you say to yeah, them? I think I think it depends on on where the relationship is, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And so un- until until you say I do, you actually don't owe the other person very much. Mm-hmm. Now we always want more, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and that's understandable. Yeah. But literally, if you if you want to break up with somebody, you haven't you haven't put your life on the line for them at this moment. Mm-hmm. You don't have to explain it to them. You can just simply say. You know, this is my decision. This is how I want to move forward. You don't owe them anything. And so I think in part, one thing that happens is we become a little codependent. And mm-hmm. it's almost like if I'm going to break up with you, it now becomes my responsibility to... to Take up the pieces. Yeah, to make sure your heart is taken care of. Now, yeah. we don't want to be evil or mean or anything like that. But the reality is if we're breaking off the relationship, that person is going to have to find comfort somewhere else that can't be us, Mm, right? That's really good. And so, by the way, this also goes future leadership concepts. This also goes into leadership whenever you lay somebody off. I, I, as a pastor, I would lay people off and then I would be the one trying to pastor them. And finally I had to have a mentor come in my life and go, Kevin, you can't do this. Like they need to find find a more healthy place to experience this. Right. So, so I don't think they necessarily need a, uh, how do I get out of this talk too in depth unless there's danger. Hmm. If there has been abuse, then you're going to want to talk to somebody who has experience within this area so that you can back out of this in the safest way possible. Mm-hmm. It's one of the great things that we have about Bayside. We have a mm-hmm. care center. Uh, we have a couple pastors who deal with abuse on a regular basis, and they can help you put a plan together to, to not further endanger uh, the situation. Uh, let's let's stay right there for just one moment. Yeah, think about this. If you think breaking up with your significant other would in any way place you in danger, you need to break up. Now, you need to do it skillfully and with help, but that alone, just that thought, could I be in danger? Could they respond in, in, a, in that kind of way? That alone is enough of a red flag to say that relationship needs to end. That's good. I think there's also a lot of times a fear that they're going to harm themselves. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really scared of you know, maybe they've trusted me with thoughts of suicide yes. and, thoughts, um, intimacy, all those yeah. And, and I, I know that they don't have anyone else to go to. So I think there are, there are always people and there's always someone that you can trust to bring mm-hmm. into this conversation and to say, Hey, I'm about to go break up with this person. Would you be mm-hmm. the person, even if it's your best friend yeah. and you're like, I don't want to know how it went. Yeah. Um, but I do need you to help follow up and, um, don't tell me what happens, but I just need you to check in and make sure that they're okay. Well, mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, let's, let's get back to the idea of what's mine, what's theirs, what's God's, mm-hmm. what's mine. What, what happens if we're not very careful is we will begin to try to control things that don't belong to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
your life now is not under my control. I can influence it. And, yeah. and Dina, what you just laid out was a great way that I can influence, yeah. hopefully, you in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But to begin to think, think, I can't make the decisions I want to make or I need to make because out of fear of what how you might respond to that. Mm-hmm. That's an unhealthiness right there yeah. that we need to we need to step out of. Yeah, with the way that. Like looking at today's world and the way social media and the way that just as like this world progresses towards like approaching relationship, how would you say that's impacted relationships in general? Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) well, several things. Uh, One, we've seen a tremendous decline in in dating. I mean, Mm -hmm. actual dating. Yeah. Uh, I would... That kind of grieves me. I'm honestly not surprised. A little bit, really sad, right? Yeah. I, I, if I could encourage, uh, right, Gen Z to to do anything in part, it would be get get back to that idea of actually go on a coffee date, actually go out to dinner, actually go for a Amen, walk. Men, Kevin, that kind of thing. I would right? love that. Can I set you up? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Just that, and, and 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 yeah, and not to overblow it from the standpoint of if I go out on a coffee date with this person. You know, now taking the relationship eight steps forward. Yeah, now we're getting married but, after yeah, one coffee. But just the idea of, you know what, I'm I'm going to go on a series of coffee dates, even even within to some extent, to mm-hmm. say, generally speaking, if if a person asks me out on a coffee date, unless there is a red flag, I'm mm-hmm. going to say yes. Yes. I'll go mm-hmm. on that one one time. Why? Right. I want to hear your why. To, that's to, okay. To get used to. Um, getting in relationship with a variety of people, learning about who they are, learning mm-hmm. how you interact, what that causes within you, what that causes within them, to to draw strong boundaries, to keep yourself mm-hmm. from from running the relationship mm-hmm. uh, ten steps forward. Uh, let's face it: if 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 you were to ask me for a prescription of how to ruin a relationship, so you and a guy start dating, Kevin, mm-hmm. how do I run this? Mm-hmm. Speed it up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Speed it up. Uh, the the way. Uh, the way a lot of poisons work for mm-hmm. a plant is so it's like a herbicide or whatever is you spray it on it and it causes the leaves to grow and the roots not to. Mm-hmm. And what then what happens is the nutrients that those leaves need to survive, the roots can't perform and the plant dies. Mm-hmm. I see this in a ton of relationships where uh, they they jump in and within weeks, they're almost acting like they're married. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're destined to fail. That is never wow. going to work because what has happened is you are trying to grow the relationship faster than trust and respect can actually grow. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to end up down the line being vulnerable in ways that you shouldn't be vulnerable without the trust and respect being present. It's going to kill you. Yeah. And so so to learn that, yeah. to learn how can I go to coffee with a guy and and it be coffee with a guy. Mm-hmm. Great, fun, enjoy it, mm-hmm. learn, have a good time. And yet, not let my mind run to a thousand places. I, one one thing I would encourage Gen Z is, uh, whenever you start dating somebody for the first six months, assume you're going to break up. Really? Don't. <laughs> That's absolutely. Don't. Wild. I have never heard that before. So, I know. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to get into the how, pessimistic reality. How Jenny, how Jenny Thompson and Kevin Thompson started dating. Okay. Right? Here That's we true. go. Right? I need to hear it after this and, statement. No, we 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 started dating our senior year with the idea that we're going to break up by graduation. There you go. Now, we're going to go different places. Okay, there's are- actually a whole movie about this, and it's really cute. Do you remember? Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Mm. It's probably your life story. My life story. <laughs> yeah, literally your life story. Like, so by the time we so that college. was the concept. And, and what, what I always thought in my mind is I want a day to come in which I can introduce Jenny to my wife completely unashamed wow. about that relationship. 
Hmm. And and so that was the mindset that we had. Now, here's what happened is as we got six months in, as we got nine months in, then it became, hey, there's more to this. Mm -hmm. And and then, then we ended up never breaking up. But think about this, having that mindset caused us to date in a proper way, mm. which I actually think is a very positive thing to do. So I think I think you go the first six months just with the idea of, I want this to be a healthy relationship in my life. I want to have fun and enjoy it, grow, learn, mm-hmm. be open. But I'm going to assume most relationships don't make it. I'm going to assume this isn't mm. going to make it. If after six months, I mean, depending on age of where you are, but in your 20s, whatever, after six months, all right, let's spend the next few months figuring out are we serious about this? Mm-hmm. So now you're going six to nine months going, is this serious or not? And once you've dated nine months, now it might be, all right, are we headed to the altar or not? Right? Mm-hmm. I personally, at a young age, I wouldn't get married in under a year. So you want to see a person every season. But I think if we would start dating, if we would date more but date slower, I think we would end up with much, much healthier relationships. And I have no idea what your question was. <laughs> That makes it so much better, honestly. Uh, social media, so, how is it influencing yeah. oh, that was that, It was a great question. question. No, it was great because you just went even more into something that I was, wasn't even. Think about how was, quickly on social media, two yeah. people start dating. And next thing Every you know, picture. it's all over Instagram. <laughs> all the questions and the parents are looking and viewing. Yeah. I, I just don't think you need any of that. Mm. But start the relationship. Now, yes, if you're going to go on a date, you need to tell somebody else you're going on a date. I get that. <laughs> But keep it very nonchalant mm. and then later make that more more significant. But I, I just think we rush things way too. And I think that's why a, a lot of the Gen Z is not dating mm. is because of that pressure. Yeah. yeah. Am I ready next week for this to be all over social media? Yeah. Wow. I would even echo off of that too. Of like, I think there is a, just like this culture of like, I need to be picky because what if I pick a toxic one? Or like, what if, you know, like those, those like, oh, I want to go out, but there's nobody because nobody's healthy. Nobody's ready. You know mm. what I'm saying? Um, of like, when it, when am I going to be ready? Am I going to ever be healed from this last one to even start a new one? Or, or are they ever going to be? Um, which is frustrating, mm-hmm. but it's also just like what we get to navigate, what we get to learn with, which is more different than I would say any other generation. Yeah. Um, and I guess for somebody like to promote that and to encourage that among like now, what what is even the navigation of like, how do I heal from this last one to start a new one to be mm. like to not be the red flag, to not yeah. be the toxic person in that? Yeah. Yeah, Zana, that's a great yeah. question, because it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. If you look at marriage stats that the older you are, whenever you get married, the more likely you are to have a lasting relationship with one caveat mm. if you're not bringing relational baggage into that. So it is better to marry at 21 with no relationship baggage mm-hmm. than to marry at 30 with significant relationship mm-hmm. baggage. Now, it'd be ideal if you could go longer with no relationship baggage, right? Of so the question is, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And so if, you, if, you, if you've been in a relationship and, and it wasn't a, a positive thing and, and you can see some scars of what's going on, then you gotta, you got to get to doing the work. You have to investigate what was healthy about that? What was unhealthy? What did I get right here? What attracted? Let, let's let's say it was highly toxic. What attracted me to that type of person? Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't mean it's my fault what happened, but it does mean 
I, I allowed myself to be drawn toward that. What is yeah. it that drew me What's to make out? sure that I don't repeat that? Mm-hmm. This is one thing that we see. This is why like divorce care is so important whenever you're older, if you go through a, a breakup, is if if after a marriage ends, you don't go through something like divorce care, you never reflect back on the relationship, you're almost guaranteed to repeat it, and you won't even recognize it. Mm, wow. You won't even know why. And so this is why you see people in a a continual pattern of bad relationships. There is actually something that they're unaware of that they're, they're, they're maybe drawn to a stress from their childhood and Mm. they don't recognize its Mm. negative impacts. And and so I think you you have to, whether it be with a counselor, it's what we do here with a lot of, of marriage classes, Uh, you know, in 2024, we're going to do relationships 101 on Sunday nights, just general relationships. What does it take to create a secure relationship and to get to work, to figure out uh, what was right, what was wrong, and how do I understand what took place? Because here's what happens. To the extent that you and I can say honestly what happened, what role we played in and what role we didn't play in it, that thing, that relationship loses all power over us. Hmm. But as long as we live in ignorance yeah. or denial, yeah. then we are almost destined to repeat whatever we got wrong. Hmm. Hmm. That's really powerful. And I think that's where we'll end this episode. And I was wondering though, Zion, if you would just take a moment and pray for anyone that in listening to this episode, or maybe they even clicked onto this episode because they knew I'm not in a healthy relationship or I'm healing from an unhealthy relationship. I wonder if you would take a second and just pray the power of Jesus Mm -hmm. to heal what has been broken. I would love to. Thank you. Lord, um, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the person that said yes to listening to this, said yes to taking the time and seeking something more, seeking an answer, seeking clarity, seeking help. Lord, I thank you for the fact that you have answers and that you do care. Um, God, that you don't want to rip people out of our lives, but you want to set us up for success with the right people in our lives and with the people you prepared us to be with um, and just in the midst of that, Lord, where toxic relationship and sin and misunderstanding and all these things of factors of the baggage we carry that we either didn't intend to or just said yes to the sin. And God, I just pray that you would just reestablish who you are to the person listening, that you would reestablish who you are in this relationship, what you want for them. Lord, that you are a Lord of mercy, that you sent your son to exemplify that, the peace of that, the promise of who you are, that you are a good God and you don't just love us, but you like us, Lord. Um, You like us in all the ways that we fail to identify and we fail to let others identify as well. So Lord, I just pray that the person that's listening, the, the people that are here, would they believe in the power of healing, would they believe in the power of who you are and your son, that we could lay at your feet and we could lay every relationship and know that you would give us nothing but good gifts in return, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining the conversation with us. If you loved what you heard, subscribe and share this podcast. To connect with and learn more about us, you can find us on Instagram at Thrive College or visit us at mythrivecollege.com. And finally, leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Prayers for you as you live the life God has called you to live.